Welcome to the City View Community Church Podcast. Whether you're here for our weekly sermons, leadership chats, or conversations about life, we are stoked that you are here. If you want to know more of our story or want to partner with us, head over to cityviewcc.com. Our prayer today is that you walk away challenged, encouraged, and more passionate about discovering your purpose by knowing God, loving people, and living on mission. Let's jump right in. Hey, City View, I'm Pastor Darren. If we haven't met, I just want to say hi and welcome to week four of our series for better or for worse. Uh, If you're joining us for the first time or the first time in a long time, uh, what you're going to hear today is a message that has been born out of about 40 years uh, of working with kids, the joys and the challenges and the heartache uh, of working with and raising up kids. Um, now, Now, here's what's kind of crazy about this. I was hesitant to ever talk about raising kids because as a parent, you know, man, that map is not a clear map. You kind of make it up as you go along. But but today I want to share some ideas some principles that I have learned along the road, along the journey uh, that hopefully will help guide you as well uh, in this. Uh, When I was younger, uh, it was so cool to grow up in a family where um, I realized looking back that it was really the family that shaped me into who I am today. We were a family of going down to Baja. We were a family of green jello uh, at Thanksgiving. We were a family of going to the beach and to the mountains and skiing and having all kinds of fun. And we're a family that uh, had a priority of just family and, and friends and, and honesty and integrity. And, and a little bit later for us in our journey, when, when I was a, a student at Granite Hills High School, is when Jesus entered into the picture. And I look back and I'm so grateful for all of that. And what took place. It was a terrific, uh, if you will, 18 summers that seemed to last forever until I was a parent. And then, blink, you learn, right? And you know, those of you that have grown kids, that, man, all of a sudden, uh, one day you're you're at the hospital and you're welcoming into the world, and then you're taking them to school for the first time, and, and then after that, you're walking them down an aisle, like, how did that all happen? And then you're welcoming your first grandchild like we have done this last year. You realize, man, the time goes so, so quickly. And and so how this fits in for us in this series about uh, for better, for worse, about couples, about family, about relationships is is moms and dads. Uh, God wants us, I believe, to have a healthy family relationship, a healthy marriage, because it's out of a healthy marriage that we then raise healthy kids. So as Danny has done a great job laying a great uh, uh, foundation for us over the last couple of weeks, I want to pick up uh, that baton. Now, now in a race, if you drop the baton, right, you lose a race. Not a big deal, right? There's going to be another race. But when you drop this baton when it comes to raising our kids, man, I got to tell you, we lose something far greater. And I realized that my family, my mom and dad had raised us, raised me in such a way that they had given me that baton. And now it was my turn to run my race, uh, the race of of being married and raising my kids and all that. The generation to generation that the scriptures talk about so often. But I also knew this, that there is a finish line. Uh, In other words, this isn't a race that we can just kind of meander and and run all over the course and, and hope that we finish the race and help we finish and cross the finish line. But this is a finish line that we have with these 18 summers with our family, with our kids to invest and to do all that we can into their lives. 
And I love this scripture. It's found in Proverbs 22, verse 3. And, and it kind of gives us this, this idea that the wise uh, parents, moms and dads that are wise, they really do plan for this. Now listen to what the writer of Proverbs says, beginning in chapter 22, verse 3. He writes, a prudent person foresees danger. Like they see it coming, right? The wise person sees danger coming and they take precautions. But the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. And I can't even count how many times I have been the simpleton in this story where I go, oh, that did not go the way I had planned. Now, I want to back up for just a moment because, again, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our kids, when it comes to these 18 summers that God has gifted you and I with, man, let's not be the simpleton and just hope it goes well. Let's plan for it. Let's be that prudent person, that wise person that looks ahead and says, look, we've got to chart a good, good course. You know, almost every day at school, I've got this front row seat to look into the lives of of literally hundreds of students. And what I've noticed over the years in the classroom is that there are those students that, however their mom and dad did it, man, these kids have grown up with a sense of self-confidence. They have grown up with that love. They, They have been guided. They have been graced by their parents. And they're great kids. Man, these are the kids that really sit up and pay attention and they turn in their homework. And and you can just tell there's something special and something different about them. I wish that were the case for all the kids, but there are also other kids that aren't quite that fortunate. You could tell for them they haven't received that love and that guidance and that grace. And, And what ends up happening is they, instead of looking for that in their home, they look for that in other places and from other people and from other sources. So I want to ask you a question as we really get rolling here this morning, and it's simply this. Who's raising your kids? Now, now I know for your first reaction, say, well, wait a minute, man, they're living under my roof. I I think I'm raising them. But, But maybe that question has created a little bit of a pause. And when you dig a little deeper, you realize, hmm, maybe I'm not quite sure who's raising my kids. And all of a sudden we sit up a little straighter and we pay attention a little bit closer and we realize maybe there is a tension, a tension that's gotten our attention when it comes to our kiddos, when it comes to realizing that we've got this window of time, this gift from God, these 18 summers. Maybe a different way to ask the question is this, am I having the greatest influence on my kids and, and is what we're doing actually pulling our kids closer? Or maybe it's actually pushing them further away. Again, the writer of Proverbs in chapter 22, just a little bit further down in verse 6 says this, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Directing, and I, and I love the word that they use, directing, it's not drifting. It's paying attention, it's focused, it's saying, look, we've got this opportunity, let's make sure that we're doing the best that we can. And look, I get it. Life is busy and it's crazy right now and and there's all kinds of stuff going on that we never signed up for. We all feel it. But it takes a great plan and a great path to create space for 18 summers, to grow our kids into something strong and something wonderful. And the payoff at the end of that race, at the end of that course, 
It's pretty amazing. So I want to share with you just a couple ideas and a couple thoughts. You might want to write some of these things down as we, as we go along. And, and the first is simply this. Planning tomorrow's course today, not someday. Um, it's not something that we can put off because all of a sudden uh, one year turns into two and two years turns into five and five years turns into 10 and in 10 years, all of a sudden we realize, man, 18, we're, we're over, we're done. Uh, that window of opportunity to invest into the life of our kids. So plan tomorrow's course today, not someday. And again, you might think, man, I, I, I've kind of already wasted some time. It's okay. Just start. Wherever you're at and wherever this journey has taken you, just start now uh, planning this course. I, I love this little, this little window that we see into the life of Jesus when he was young. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. It says this. Uh, as Luke is writing, he says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. They didn't go once in a while. It says every year that they would go. Jesus' mom and dad, Joseph and Mary, they would go to the festival in Jerusalem. And by the way, that was a couple-day trip. That was not like a little, hey, let's just go to church on Sunday. Uh, it's 10 minutes away, 20 minutes away. This, like, took days to get there and then days to get back. But listen to this next part. It says, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, wait, you're talking about Jesus. Of course, Jesus' mom and dad were, were different. They were special, and they understood that Jesus was like this miracle baby, right? The son of God. But it says a lot about his parents. It says a lot about Joseph and Mary that they actually made a practice of taking Jesus to church, to raising him uh, in a way that they, they understood uh, who God was, and, and that Jesus understood who God, his heavenly father, was as well. They attended the festival as usual. What's usual about your family when it comes to raising your kids, when it comes to capitalizing on these 18 summers? Do you have a plan? Do, do you have a plan that you've kind of cemented down to say, look, this is how our family is going to operate. But speaking of operations, uh, a few weeks ago, some of you know if you've been around church, if you've been around City View, that uh, I had an operation on my hand. Um, and, and the surgeon, who, who is a friend of mine, um, he's good. And the reason he's good is he goes into surgery as, as he and I met prior to the surgery. And I said, Doc, so, so tell me about what you're going to do. He says, okay, Darren, let me explain this to you. And he, and he looked at my hand and he kind of started with his finger to draw. And he says, we're going to start here and we're going to move our way over here. And then we're going to work on this over here. And, and then we're going to follow this course of action. And this is the plan that we're going to utilize. And at the end of that plan, uh, we should have a good, successful surgery. And I thought, man, that brings me great comfort to know that he knows what he's doing. And he has a course of action, a plan for how he's going to tackle what was going on in my hand. Guys, again, could I suggest that when it comes to, to our family and to our kids, we're not just talking about our hands. We're talking about their lives and to have a plan, a course of action that we know. So number one in your outline, I, I simply wrote this down. Set the course ahead of time. Set it ahead of time. Uh, listen to these words in Mark chapter 10, verse 13. One day some parents 
brought their children to Jesus. Now check this out. Now, Jesus was just starting to get a little bit of uh, notoriety and some popularity. And and so there's some parents that said, you know what? We got some kids. Let's get them to Jesus. Let's get them to Jesus at a young age. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. Let that sink in just for a minute. These parents cared so much about their kids that they wanted to get their kids to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. Because he knew if they could just get their kids to Jesus, the kids are going to be good. They were going to be all right. But the disciples, check this out, but the disciples, those, those, those guys and gals that were hanging out with Jesus, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him, for bothering Jesus. And you could almost see Jesus going, wait, time out. No, like let these kids come to me at a young age. Like these parents want to set a foundation now. So that their kids would grow up and fall in love with me and fall in love with our Heavenly Father and feel the Spirit of God working actively, living inside of them and guiding them through life. Like disciples, down, back, get away, let these kids come. You know, when Jesse and Duncan, our, our kiddos were, were little and young, I, I remember because it, it was on Christmas Day. Uh, for both of them, and they were both right around five years old, and, and I remember when Jesse was a little bit older, uh, had turned five, and I said, Jesse, I said, you know what, we love Christmas, and we love all the gifts of Christmas, I said, but there's a gift that you can give Jesus at Christmas, and she, she kind of looked at me, and said, Dad, like, what, what is that gift, and I said, well, it's you, like, you could give you to Jesus for Christmas, that would be your gift to, to your Heavenly Father like committing your life to him, to accepting Jesus into your life. And then she was on board. She said, Dad, let's do it. And so I remember we went upstairs to one of our little rooms up there. And I said, okay, Jesus, Jesse, let's just have this little prayer to Jesus. And, and we did. And she committed her life at the age of five, right? As much as she knew about it at the time, to Jesus. And then a few years later, when Duncan turned five, we went through the same thing. And Duncan was like, yeah, let's do this. And we prayed together as well. And And on that Christmas day, Duncan committed his life to Jesus. Like Jesus's birthday is also Jesse and Duncan's spiritual birthday as well, which is kind of a cool thing. Now, that was just the beginning. We were always taking uh, Jesse and Duncan, like everywhere we went, we got to do a lot of cool ministry things. We got to hang out at a lot of cool camps. And and man, Jesse and Duncan just grew up in this this Jesus environment. And can I tell you that it, it paid off? Now, it wasn't perfect. It never is. But it paid off. Like, they love Jesus today. They're older. Like, Duncan's married, and we have a grandbaby. And number two on your outline, making course corrections. Now, again, uh, this path that you and I grew up on, man, it was kind of a simple path, right? And we'd go have fun and ride bikes. I remember riding to the Santee Lakes when I was a little kid. Mom and Dad didn't think anything of it. Like, just be home for dinner. But today we realize that the path that the kids navigate today, man, there's some dangerous terrain out there. Uh, We need to help them to to course correct and to to do that with grace and with truth. Listen to what Solomon, David's son, wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. He says, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator." In other words, like all the kids that I work with at school, man, they, they just want to hang out with their friends and go do the next thing and just kind of be goofballs. And, and I love that about them. 
But we keep reminding them, and I try to keep reminding them, hey, don't forget about Jesus. Don't forget about God. Like, keep him up in front. He goes on to write, honor him, honor God in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. In other words, Solomon understood that if we can ground our kids, if we can help them to stay focused on God when they're young, that's going to carry them through life. And they're going to get to those older years and that older age and realize, man, there was a richness to my life, not because of what I did, but because of what God did in and through me. Well, number three on our outline is this. Create a course worth following. You see, sometimes, and I've run across parents, right, that are those heavy-handed parents, and it's kind of like, you're going to do what I say, and, and their parents, uh, the kind of parenting they do actually creates a lot of fear and, and, and anxiety in their kids, and man, kids already have a ton of anxiety today. So in Ephesians 6, Paul writes these words, and he's writing to moms and dads and husbands and wives, and, and we get to this part in chapter 6 of Ephesians, in verse 1 and verse 4. And Paul says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Like kids, like, like you got to do this. Like mom and dad, like that's got to be a priority to obey them. For it is the right thing to do. And then he goes on to say in verse four, he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Oh, man, I wish I could get those moments back when I had provoked Jesse or provoked Duncan to, to that point of anger, to that point where we're like, oh, we're just mad at each other. Man, looking back, I hate that. But here's what Paul says at the end of verse four. He says, rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. In other words, parent our kids the way God parents us with grace and with truth. I love that about our Heavenly Father. He's given us a model of what it looks like, right, to invest in, to, to raise up, to pour into the life of our kids. Then back in Proverbs 29 and verse 17, the writer says, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. I don't know how you grew up. I know how I grew up. And in our house, uh, discipline usually uh, involves something we call the belt. Uh, maybe some of you remember the belt. I was like, oh, no, not the belt, right? And, and it was like, man, do you want a spanking? And I was like, ah, crazy. And this idea of discipline, sometimes we, we get it a little bit twisted around. We think of it in terms of maybe like corporal punishment or or, or kind of making them pay, if you will, for the wrong thing. They're kids. We were kids, right? We're knuckleheads. Remember one day I had come home from work, and it had been one of those days. And Annette greets me at the front door, and she had this little smile on her face, and I was like, okay, what's going on? And I was exhausted. She says, well, our dear sweet daughter uh, has drawn a picture for you. And I was like, this will be great. Like, this will make my day, right? Because it's been a tough day. So she says, follow me. And so we walk by the table and I'm like, okay, I don't see a picture on the table. Like, where is this picture? And she takes me to the hallway to our freshly painted hallway. 
and all up and down the hallway in these beautiful mosaic colors of crayons and colored pencils was a mural that my daughter drew for me. And she came running over and she's looking at me and I'm like, oh, I said, Jesse, do you want a spanking? And she looks at me like, no, dad, I want a hug. I was like, oh, and I just melted in that moment. I said, okay, come here. And it was just a wall. We can repaint it, right? It was going to be fine. So this, I dis, this idea of discipline, what I, what I want to clarify is this. Discipline really, it comes from the word that we get the word discipleship from. Discipleship has more to do with training and guiding and leading. In fact, the disciples, the disciples they were followers. And so could I suggest here today that when we think about discipline, that we're actually creating uh, discipleship in the lives of our kids so that, that they will follow our lead, that we are discipling them, we are disciplining them so that they are disciplined in their life to live a life with direction and intention. Psychologists today call it family of origin. Uh, maybe you've heard that phrase before, but the idea is that our kids are a reflection of us. Now, I hope that kind of sets you back. And again, you sit up straight a little bit when you hear that, but, but you know that that's true. You know that the apple does not fall that far from the tree. So in foo, in family of origin, we realize that as parents, we are setting the table for who our kids are going to become. Again, I can look into the lives of Jesse and Duncan, and I, I see mini-me's, and Annette sees mini-me's, right? We see us in them. Why? Because we were the ones that trained them. We were the ones that raised them. Oh, Lord, help us that we've done a good job right in that, and training them in things that really do count, things that really do matter. In other words, there are non-negotiables for us, but there's still a lot of grace in the journey that we travel. And can I share with you real quickly just... I call them the five F's, and, and no, that's not one of them, but the five F's. So the first one is simply this. For our family growing up, the first F was, was family. Like, this was a priority. Like, family came first and everything. It was family dinner, family get-togethers, family vacation. In fact, we would go on vacation together as a big family. Our little home down in Baja would be an example of that. Our kids learn early on that family is a priority. Guess what? For Jesse and for Duncan now, it's a priority for them as well. In fact, Duncan has said on several occasions, Dad, I want to have the kind of job that gives me the flexibility to be a dad. They can be there for my kids to help coach their teams and to, to be there and to have some really cool vacations. Because family is a priority. I was kind of like, awesome. Number two, friends. In other words, our kids learned at an early age how to find and keep good ones and steer clear, steer clear of bad ones, those toxic friends that are out there. They were able to see pretty clearly like the benefit of those good friendships, the importance of them, the rock-solid foundation that they had in common, but also what it looked like to steer clear of those friendships that were not going to be good. They were going to be detrimental to who they were. I could say today that our kids have done really a pretty good job in, in finding and, and hanging out with really cool people and really cool friends. So family and friends, and, and the next one might surprise you a little bit, but it's, it's finances. It's, it's money. 
again, there's a finish line. And our kids have learned at an early age using uh, Dave Ramsey Financial Peace and some other uh, materials that are out there that, man, we got to save. We got to plan ahead. We've got to think long term, big picture. Uh, we we want to be able to give to our church and support our church, but we also want to make sure that we'll have something left when we get to that age where we're ready to say, okay, we've run a good race. Now it's time for us to retire. Both of our kids, Jesse and Duncan, have already started financial planning, and they did that years ago when they were still pretty young. And that is so cool to see that their financial future will not be accidental or random, that they're actually planning for it now. Fourth area, you're going to love this one. It's simply fun uh, to go out and to have great adventures together. Uh, in fact, there was this one time where uh, we loaded up the kids and we say, hey, mom and dad, we've got this uh, trip we've got to take and we're going to drop you off at some friend's house and they're going to babysit. You're going to spend the weekend with them. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. So they packed up and put their little suitcases in the, in the car and we, we started driving north and we kind of kept driving and they're kind of, after a while, like, dad, mom, where are we actually going? Like, whose house are you dropping us up? On? Oh, just a little bit further, a little bit further. So we kept driving for two hours. And then we pulled in to the Disneyland hotel and they're looking at each other and they're looking at us and they're saying, what's going on? We went, ah, we're just kidding. We're going to stay here for the weekend and you guys are going to stay with it. We're going to be having this great trip here at Disneyland. You know what? They have never forgotten the time we kidnapped them, our own kids, and we took them to Disneyland and it was such a cool surprise. So have fun. Make the investment. Get after it. The final one, number five, is simply this. It's faith. It, it, it's living out faith, not talking about faith. It's not talking about, hey, we should go to church. But for us, it was mission trips and service opportunities. And, and Jesse and Duncan grew up getting their hands dirty in ministry. And, and they lived out of faith where they went, I think I understand what Jesus meant when he said he wants us to be his hands and feet. He wants us to serve. Because our kids are servers. Uh, they've learned what that looks like. So as we wrap up, number four, I just want to share this. Uh, help your kids, help them to thrive in their course, in the course that they are running. Uh, how do we do that? Well, number one, it's by being the primary influencer in their life. Don't let that be somebody else. Let that be you. Make that be you. Find the way for that to be you. Deuteronomy 11, beginning in verse 19, Moses writes, uh, teach them to your children all these things that God was downloading to Moses. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you are on the road. Like, keep talking to your kids about what's important. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. That'll get your neighbor's attention. So that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may, listen to this, flourish. Like God goes, I want you to flourish, like, like learn these things in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors. Giving intentional direction, not random, and it leads to good outcomes. And telling stories and living stories and remembering those stories, right? Those times when we can say to our kids, hey, remember when, Remember that time we went to Disneyland, we kidnapped you guys? It's like, oh yeah, that was amazing. 
Deuteronomy 4.9 says this, but watch out, be careful never to forget what yourselves have seen. Like share the stories of what God has done in and through your lives. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. Hang on to them and be sure to pass them on to your children and to your grandchildren. The God stories, the places where Jesus showed up in so many cool ways. <laughs> I want to close with one last passage, and this is, this is again a Jesus passage. And it's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, and, and a couple verses after that. Jesus was talking to his mom and dad. He's about 12 years old at the time. And he says, but why did you need to search? Why were you looking for me? He asked, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Like, that's how you raised me. I've got to be in God's house doing God's work. And then in verse 51, it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, to his mom and dad. And his mother stored up all of these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all people. You know what Jesus was saying to his parents? Mom and dad, you did good. Of course this is where I would be. That's how you raised me. You've used these years to pour into my life so that I would be like you and your, your love for God and your, the way you live your life and the, the integrity that you would have, the character that you would have. So I want to close with this thought. God is writing a story and your name is on it. In each chapter, well, it's a reminder that this story, it's a short story. You only have 18 summers, and there are chapters still unwritten, so go. For the sake of your kids, your grandkids, for those kids that are in your world, go and write amazing chapters. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, you have given us 18 summers. That's it. It's time to invest into our kids and to, to show them what life looks like, to, to guide them, Father, to you, to give them a foundation, Father, that they will carry with them their entire lives. And Father, I know sometimes in that journey, it gets a little messy and a little sloppy. I know it has for us, for Annette and I. Father, our journey was far from perfect. Our kids are far from perfect. But God, they have grown up with all the bumps and the bruises that they gathered along the way to a place today where they love you. And they love their friends. Father, they're, they're thoughtful in how they live their lives. And they've dedicated their lives as well to help raise their kids and the kids that they get to hang around with in a way that honors you as well. So, Father, help us to do that. And that starts by knowing your son, Jesus. Because he ultimately is our guide to you, our Heavenly Father. We can't do it without him. And, Father, we can't do it without you. So, Father, today we just want to pause and tap the brakes and say thank you for the 18 summers that you do give us. 
and help us to be wise in this baton that we're carrying, that we can pass it well onto our kids. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you here at City View Live or online next week as well. Have a great week.